everybody. Welcome back to the Introvert City Podcast, where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind. How are you doing today? Oh, I literally <laughs> told you five minutes ago to not do small talk with me. I'm but today's so actually a tired be- of, how was your week? Know, how was your day? <laughs> oh, it was good. That's good. Are you liking the weather? Actually, let's talk about the weather because uh, the weather yeah, is I was going to bring that up. It's actually so... And it's awful because it was like raining and then cold and then like there was like a bunch of tornadoes in the U.S. Yeah, I don't know if any other introverted internal creatives deal with this, but seasonal depression is so real, especially for for us who like to like sit by the window and journal. We were just talking about journaling last week and we see a lot of symbolism in things. For me, winter just makes me so sad because everything is dead and it feels like the trees are like crookedly reaching out for help. I don't know. That's just how I see it. And it <laughs> makes me really upset. And I remember these last couple of weeks pr- just praying that winter would be over because it was making me feel so horrible and gross inside. And this week felt like a relief and an answer to prayer just because it's been beautiful and I am feeling hopeful again. And it's just really cool to see the flowers starting to bloom and the trees starting to bud because it's like a little reminder that, I don't know, God looks out for all the living things and all the living things get to rejoice and everything living is worshiping God right now because it's beautiful outside and also it was just Easter. Good transition. God. Worshiping God. To worship you I live. To worship you. Oh, it's like the line... In the song they sang at church. The Israel um, Hutton song. The, the line that says, let all creation testify. Let yeah. all creation testify this life within me, Christ. Because it's like literally, in springtime especially, all of creation is cr- like screaming out God's name. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it is beautiful. It really is. And I think it's especially beautiful, especially yesterday, because yesterday was Easter, like we said. Yesterday was like the best church service I've ever been to. Okay, I, I ain't even often a lie. Okay, I ain't even a lie for okay, a second. Okay, why are you saying finna? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not even gonna lie, but I had such a good time at church. Yeah, it was so good. Shout out Journey Church. Shout out Journey Church. Sponsor us. I'm just kidding. Shout I'm, just kidding. Church. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout no, out we Journey love our church. church. It was such a great. It was such a. It was such a good service. But I really think God showed up and God moved. And if you, I think feeling God's presence is something that I think a lot of people think they need to try to do. But I think just feel like, get yourself in an area where you feel like there's a lot of Christians you can trust and you yeah. can have fun around and you can be yourself around. That's what God feels like. Mm, that was good. I want to say something really quick before we start talking about the specifics of the Easter service. Something that you said you mentioned that you felt the presence of God in that building, and so did I. And a lot of people will use the argument that is, oh, whenever you hear live music, your brain is telling you that you're feeling the presence of God, but in reality, it's just the logistics of the music making you feel emotional, and it's not God, it's just the music. And we did have a beautiful worship service. Seth and I both sang in the choir, and then after the choir, there was a smaller choir that sang a beautiful medley and it was just like you said the presence Mm -hmm. of God filled the room and I just want to respond to that argument because in that moment 
when I see everyone worshiping and I can hear people around me and I can see people lifting their hands and crying out to God and I hear all the different harmonies and I hear how all mm-hmm. the different instruments are working together. Mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to my mind is the people's talents. How sure. talented and how gifted are these people that are mm-hmm. leading us in worship? How talented are the people playing the instruments and so strategic and so harmonious and beautiful? And all of that is coming together and making a beautiful sound. Mm-hmm. And the sound isn't manipulating anything because I'm not really thinking about the sound. I'm not thinking about, oh, this song is making me so emotional. This is my song. It's not about that. It's about recognizing people's talents and people's gifts that God has given them. And like, you can see that when I don't know about like you guys, but when I see a clear talent and a clear gift in somebody, I'm like, that is evidence of God's handiwork because only God could have given someone a talent as unique and special as that. And so like on Sunday morning, hearing everyone coming together and watching the worship team lead in such a miraculous way. None of us were manipulated by the music. Mm. We were moved by the spirit and we were witnessing people's harmonious talents. My choir director said a couple of weeks ago, something that like really struck me as just a creative little quote. He said, I wonder how God feels when he hears all the churches across the world worshiping him at the same time. Like, I wonder what that sounds like (laughs) to him. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. You've been waiting to do that. (laughs) Psalm 95. One. Nah, but for real, though, I think music is so special in the Bible. And I know people, some people use the argument that because Lucifer was like the angel that did with music, that that means that like music is bad. But... Literally, there's so many, like, look at the story of David, Song of Psalms, that that music is so obviously evidently important in the Bible, and it's so, it's so special. It's always speaking, spoke speaking. Can you so. imagine what worship was like <laughs> in Bible times? Like, imagine people gathering around the campfire Bro, with it their probably instruments. Lit. It, was it was probably crazy. fire. Them oh using my their little, gosh. their little, uh, their little, um. Uh, the little drums. Flutes made out of like uh, tree branches. <laughs> They're little lyres where they used like, I don't know. I like, can't what imagine used. what it like. Oh, my gosh. Imagine being in that moment in that time period. Amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But 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 thinking about Easter, of course, thinking about um, the passion of Christ, you know, the passion, not just the movie, not just the theatrical. I'm not talking about the movie, you, guys. We're talking but, about the <laughs> legit passion that Christ felt. Mm, it's it's incredible to think about it um because knowing knowing what what happened that day is so important for us as christians um we all hear john 3:16 you know but do we all really fully we all hear that verse and it's you know it's the most popular verse out there and and everyone you know everyone and their mother knows john 3:16 if they know anything about the bible and, you know, people say it a lot, and they're like, oh, they put in their bio, their bio John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But when they say, for God so loved the world, for God so, not just that, for God so was okay, for God so felt iffy, you know, for God so loved the world. For God felt iffy. <laughs> like, <laughs> for God so loved the world. That's so important, because... The idea of God 
loving the world and loving us proves just how much more important it is that he sent his only son to die. He went to Judea to be killed. Isn't that crazy? He knew he would be cru- well not killed. Let's not let's not do all that. Uh, <laughs> we know how far that goes. But uh, Jesus went there knowing he'd be crucified. That's insane to think about. Jesus went there knowing he would end his time there on a cross. He knew that. Yeah, I think people don't think about how horrendous that situation was. I think, like you are saying, the movie The Passion of Christ displays that really well. Like, he didn't just die. Like, he was beaten brutally. And someone mentioned, it might have been someone speaking at your church, but, like, every scar represents one of us, that every mark on his body represents the sins that we commit that he died for. It's an incredible thing to think about the passion of Christ and to think about all that he went through on that day. But to think about that it all wasn't just for nothing because, you know, people, some people think it was just spiritual resurrection. People think it was just a metaphor. Some people think that Jesus just died. The thing, though, is that if Jesus did not resurrect, then what are we, what are we doing? Mm. What are we doing? Why am I believing in a, in a, in a God that, can't even survive a few like you know a few people mm-hmm. you know that can't even survive being crucified and the people were shouting at him if you're really the king that you claim you are this divine king then go ahead and save yourself and he just he still laid there mm-hmm. you know so but then he did prove himself obviously three days mm-hmm. later three days later baby he rose up from the dead that stone was out of the way the the son of man the son of the son well of he was fully man and fully god fully man fully god but we can talk and about the doctrine of the trinity another day i always think of god that would just, be a very interesting uh, <laughs> oh maybe we should bring a, like a guest on for that I, I always think of jesus just chilling in a garden you know with a little like a pot of water pouring it with a little like gardener hat Oh my gosh. Like, <gasps> you know what? I just read this today and I don't know if it's theologically accurate or anything, but this girl, I guess she was trying to like be creative. That sounds mean trying to be creative. She was being creative. She said, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I actually love this. She was saying that Jesus appeared to Mary as a gardener because when Mary went to the tomb, she mista- she mistaked Jesus for being the gardener of the tomb. And the girl was saying that that's a reflection of the things being reset because God the Father was the original gardener creator of the universe. He set everything in place. And so when Mary found Jesus, she assumed that he was the gardener. And I guess the girl was like making those connections Mm. that like Jesus is resetting things and recreating things as God did in the beginning. Does that make sense or is that a stretch? I don't know. I mean, it's 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 definitely something. It's definitely something. Wait, let me read it, and then you can tell me. Because <laughs> that's a little. Uh, I don't know. What Maybe you it's a stretch. There. Maybe someone can come correct me <laughs> on that. Okay, it says, "Ever wonder why Mary mistook Jesus to be a gardener when he rose from the dead? It's because God revealed Himself to humans as a gardener when He planted the Garden of Eden in the beginning of time. It was a prophetic way of Jesus saying, I restored everything back to normal. I replanted the garden that was once lost.'" Sin is no longer a problem. We can have a relationship again. 
I mean, sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, I'm not saying that I, I am subscribing I mean, to that, but I thought it was a cool interpretation. I don't it, know. If I could add. Yeah. I think it's cool to think about like that. I don't think thinking about that makes you a Christian or not. You know, like I don't think it's a first, second, third, whatever it's tier. It's just a little you know, creative but I mean, I think it's interesting though, and I think if you want to look at it like that, it's cool because it makes you. I guess if it if it gives you more appreciation for the word and his and his uh, resurrection, mm-hmm. then cool. You know, go ahead. That's pretty cool though to think about it like that. I don't know if I'm fully, you know, in it, <laughs> but like okay. that's that's. I think it's an interesting way to look at it, and I think if that if I don't think that's gonna make her think anything differently about. I don't think that's going to really make anyone think differently about the way they believe right, God. Right, right. I just wanted to share that. Thinking about uh, thinking about the resurrection is always just such a special thing, um, especially since you know Jesus is God. You know, they they are one and the same. Jesus took what many people wouldn't even be able to get halfway through. He took it, and he still told the man. The other, the other man at at um the cross, that you you know the other criminal at the cross, that he would be with him in paradise that day. That's that's really cool to think about, that even till his last breath, that he was still sharing the good news. That he was still kind. He was still kind. In that place, would do you, do you think? Okay, for real, if I'm in a lot of pain, do you really think I'm going to be worrying about spreading the gospel to the person next to me? Mm. But the fact that in that same scenario, the first thing on Jesus' mind was spreading the good news and loving on his followers is just incredible to think about. Even after two of his followers did something negative, Peter denied him and Judas gave him out. Like, even after that, Jesus never held that grudge. He knew what happened, and he never held that grudge. That's incredible. That's amazing to think about. So... Obviously, for Easter every single year, we as Christians kind of do the same routine. We dress up, we go to church, hopefully it's a good service, um, and we get something new from it. It was this year. It was great. But I just want to ask, and I can give my answer after you, what was it about this year that you took away? Did you take away something new from the message, even though it was you know, the same message that we hear and we celebrate? Um, of course, it was wonderful worship and everything, but like... What was the thing on your mind this year on Resurrection Sunday? Well, for one, the pastor's message was great, but I really just loved um, when he brought up, I forget if it was Corinthians or Timothy. I'm pretty sure it was Corinthians, but I might be wrong. Um, don't quote me on this, guys. But when he talked about um, how Paul was you know, seeing that you know, Jesus couldn't have died and resurrected or Jesus couldn't have been God, that, you know, if... if if Jesus wasn't this, then our faith would be nothing. What we believe in would be nothing. We'd be believing in something that isn't isn't reliable. But in fact, Jesus is God. That's just incredible to think about. If Jesus is not God, if Jesus cannot save us, if Jesus cannot cleanse us of our sins, if Jesus doesn't have the power to save us and does not have the power of salvation for all of us, why would I want to worship him? But I love that it says here, like, basically what I just said, like, Paul talks about how if Jesus was not resurrected from the dead, if there was no resurrection, he says our preaching and our faith is useless. It is useless 
to quote it here, um, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, of course. Um, he says, but if, if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. That's tough, first of all. That's hard. He's the literally fact that saying he was that honest. If, if the resurrection didn't happen, all of this is for nothing. Mm-hmm. But let's skip to 20 where it says, but Christ has indeed. <laughs> can I get an amen? <laughs> Christ has indeed been raised from the dead and the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. That's incredible, I just want to say. That's an awesome verse. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me is obviously a lot of apologists have defended the literal resurrection of Jesus' body. There is evidence out there. I don't think we are qualified to talk about it because we haven't done proper research. But what I have done research on is the ways that a lot of the disciples of Jesus died. Most of them were martyred for their faith. One of them, I believe, was hung upside down on a cross and died in a similar way to Jesus. A lot of them, you know, were told, if you don't deny this faith, we're going to kill you on the spot. And they didn't deny it. Mm. So for 12 men to, up to their death, like, support and stand for and advocate for this man, Jesus, like, imagine... Why would you be willing to risk your life if it didn't happen, if you didn't witness it with your own eyes? Mm-hmm. That's a big mm-hmm. reason for me why I believe in the little, the literal resurrection, because those mm-hmm. men were willing to die for the Jesus that they served. And also, how can we believe in a further life after death without that? How can we believe that we can be saved and have everlasting life if God doesn't have the power to resurrect? How can we not, how can we not believe that? How can we not believe that we, as as people, can make it to heaven? How do we not? How can we believe that if we do not believe in the resurrection of Christ? There's uh, that. There's no way to. Yeah, believe I mean, that. Jesus says that he's the only way, and a big struggle in our culture today is wanting to make everybody correct, and mm-hmm. there are multiple paths to God. And as Christians, we just simply believe that that isn't true that there is one way to God and it is the best way and it is the most beneficial way that will produce the most fruit. Of course, it says confess. Confess. Confess with your tongue. Believe it. That is your way to come to Christ. It's not through work. Read Romans, guys, okay? And that's so amazing to think about. It's like we don't have to do anything. We don't have to do all of these things to be good people. That's a big thing, too, in society now. Just be a good person. Just be kind. And yes, be kind, but be kind because you're trying to mirror Jesus' image. Jesus was kind. Jesus was compassionate. Jesus mm-hmm. was welcoming. Jesus hung out with the outcasts of society and cared for them. We need to do the same and mirror his image. Good mm-hmm. works are a result of faith in him. So back to what I originally asked you, is that what you felt like you took away is the whole, like, if this isn't true, this is all in vain. Is that what stuck out to you? Mm-hmm. And I think because just in the last year I've become kind of like a, you know, 
actual Christian. A lot has changed yeah. in the past year for you. Yeah, I, I just feel it so much more. Like this message, I've heard a sim- similar messages to that all through my life, you know? But hearing it in the place I am now, it just is so different. I'm sure. It's a lot more powerful and it's a lot more, it makes me feel closer to the faith than I ever have. That's amazing. So what do you think that you took away from this year's Easter service? I guess for me, I really appreciated the same thing as you, which is that if this didn't happen, then our faith is in vain and it's, you know, none of it matters. But Mm -hmm. we believe that it does matter and that it did happen. And because of that, we can live fruitful and wonderful, abundant lives. And multiply. (laughs) Multiply. Stop it. But I really appreciated at the end when your pastor said, or our pastor, I feel weird because I just recently joined the church, but it's good to know that I can call him my pastor too. But when he said that, you know, I preach the same message every single year and everyone asks me like, oh, what's going to be different about this year's Easter message? And he's like, there's nothing different. That's the whole point. I didn't wear a tie. The whole point is to (laughs) relay the message that Jesus rose. Mm Mm-hmm that Jesus is with us, he promises to be with us, and he promises to return. Mm-hmm. That is the message that is going to be repeated year after year as we celebrate the resurrection. And then he said something, I'm not going to quote this correctly, but he said something about, it's not about me preaching a new message every week or every year on Easter. It's about people finding new things in the message that I preach every year. Mm-hmm. That's new things that stick out to them. Or not even new things, just reminders like constant reminders hey today i need to be reminded that jesus cares about me and that he promises to come back that's a good reminder you Mm -hmm. know or finding like little new things like for you your new thing was recognizing how much the verse means about faith being in vain like that's great and for me i think there were just a lot of little moments in his message that i was just like oh that's really good i know this message i know the story already but I can find little things that are going to encourage me for the next stage of my life. And, you know, as we follow Jesus, we need to take those little messages that we find and incorporate them into our lives. So beautiful service. Mm-hmm. And we are at 29 minutes. You want to wrap up? Also, I just want to say another thing is that it made me appreciate church community much more. Yeah, yeah. me too. Just felt like I really feel like this is a good church for me. That's all. I just feel like it's a great church to be at. And I feel like the idea of, you know, some people always say that you don't need a church. You can just do it from home and stuff. But I think being able to be in a community with other Christians, you know, like it's a, like we said last week, I think we said last week or the week before, in our anxiety episode, the whole idea of the gift of community and where there are two or more, um, you know, like I think it's so important to find that good group. Because sometimes you find a group that isn't good, but when you find a group that is good, don't give it up. Don't let go of it. Don't don't just, you know, let it drift away. Yeah, and even if you don't talk to all of them, like we didn't talk to everyone in church, when you're all worshiping collectively, simultaneously, you feel connected to everybody. Mm-hmm. Because you're all standing before the same God, and you're all giving thanks and glory and praise to the same God, and it's a very powerful feeling. So... That was our takeaway from Easter. We hope you guys had a wonderful Resurrection Sunday with your families. Um, 
next week, we will be back with some brand new topics, some new ideas that we're talking about. Always feel free to reach out to us and give us ideas for what we can talk about. Seth, where can they find us? At uh, Instagram at uh, the <laughs> underscore introvert underscore city. Okay. On TikTok. Oh, a- yeah. We just made a TikTok. A- give us some TikTok ideas because like how do we make TikToks for a podcast? We are on TikTok. You can actually find all of our links in our Instagram. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know how consistent we're going to be on TikTok, but we try to stay yeah. pretty consistent on Instagram. We're, we're, so, we're yeah, there. we'll be back next Tuesday. Stay blessed. Love each other. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. Love your mother. Love your father. Love your brother. Love your sister. Love your niece. Love your nephew. You missed love your God. Love the Lord up above. All right, guys. I think we're <laughs> getting tired now. All right. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.